A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Seasons greetings, Grapple fans. Uh, welcome along to this uh, merry, festive, special edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, myself, Andy Wills here, joined tonight by not only more chatter, by, but also by one guy, Drinkle, because, gents, it is time to talk about that magnificent... A Lee exciting event, Clash of Champions. Buzzing. Glad to be on. Can't wait for <laughs> Right then. Um, what I can say is this event did not disappoint. Um, we can't say it failed to live up to expectations because. We didn't have many in the first place. So, uh, what what do you think overall? More um, <laughs> bit mare, a, a terrible, pretty good, better than expected. Yeah, I think your first description pretty much sums it up. Mare, um, double mare. It was uh, something we didn't really expect much from, and uh, so it proved. You know, it was just a very flat show. Um, glorified tv show perhaps even not as good as some of the recent tv shows in fact um a lot of very bog standard stuff and uh nothing that really really stood out um across the whole three hours of the show so uh i wasn't um exactly uh looking to hit the rewind button to check out the whole show again that's for sure <laughs> and what about you guy um was it was it bland enough for you Oh, it could uh, it could have done with some seasoning. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a plain bread bun of of wrestling. Yeah, it was basically like a homemade chip butty. It was uh, a bit shit. I mean, do you know when you, you know what I'm go- I'm going to go off on a chip butty tangent just to fill some time. But do you know when you get a chip butty from the chippy and then it tastes mint and then you do one at home and it's a bit shit. It's like that. But it was just yeah. like a, it was like an episode of Raw, wasn't it? I mean. Well, it's probably shorter than an episode of Raw. Um, it, was, yeah. it was a bit shorter than Raw. <laughs> yeah. um, I had a couple good... I had a, well, one match was better than um, 
than it was billed to be. Um, and then one match was a letdown. Um, and the tag team match was the star of the night, like it is on every pay per view nowadays, isn't it? But yeah, it was. It wasn't exactly great, but I think it was, I think it was ended up being like two hours and forty five minutes. So it was probably worth a watch. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was. It, it got progressively worse after the first two matches. Well, let's get into uh, to the card of uh, Clash of the Oven Chip Buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, first things first, actually, let's start off with the match that actually ended the night. And and more, we you know, we spoke last week about how we expected uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura to to be the, the match that would actually see the show out. That would close the show and thought something would be, you know, something significant might happen there. That uh, even though, you know, it was the WWE Championship that... You know, storyline-wise, it wasn't being portrayed as the biggest match of the night. But, but here we are, WWE title ending the show. Now, did you feel at that point going in, um, is there a chance here we might actually see a title change now that they've got it on last? Did you did you actually begin to wonder going into the match? Well, I was beginning to fear the worst, um, but then at the same time, I thought, no, surely they're not that stupid. Um, you know, even for them, and uh, you know, my my fears were uh, allayed, and uh, you know, we didn't really have anything to worry about. Um, it was not a great match, certainly, but uh, no, AJ AJ retained the title, and uh, hopefully that puts an end to um, the experiment that was the world title run for Jinder Mahal. Yeah, and guy, you know, it, it was. Obviously, it wasn't spectacular or great or anything like that, but we know how great AJ is. And I think he did get more out of Jinder than most people have. It was it was okay. It was functional. It was a solid match. But do you think this is it now? This is the end of the Jinder Mahal push at, at the top end of the card? Um, you can only hope, really, can't you? I mean, it was probably Jinder's best match, but... That's not meaning it was a good match. Um, yeah, it it basically went as every every fan hoped in. I mean, if anyone prefers Jinder Mahal over AJ Styles, I think they're watching the wrong the wrong entertainment, sports entertainment, whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays. But yeah, it it was Jinder's best match, and well, I suppose it's a nice way of him going away now. He can't really go in the US title picture at the minute. Um, probably be off TV for a little while, unless there's a few there for him, but I'm not seeing it. Um, yeah, he, he should really take some time off, and he'll end up, he'll probably end up going back to being a jobber, unless he, unless he makes another progression, more progression on his in-ring work, because he can present himself, but his matches have been boring, and he has worked, he has worked with, well, two of the best guys, you'd say, in an Orton, who, who is very capable of putting on an amazing match, but, yeah, it, it just it just didn't really work for him, did it? And uh, the the Indian uh, tour experiment ended in a match with Triple H, which he lost. <laughs> <laughs> it says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. We, we, as we've said before, you know, for, for all his limitations, he's put everything into it. Mm-hmm. He's presented and carried himself pretty well, and and I, and I do think he can do something in the mid card with a, with the right kind of push and. 
the right kind of opponent where it doesn't rely too much on the in-ring, uh, in-ring stuff. Now, you mentioned the US title there, Guy, and that actually kicked the night off. Um, Baron Corbin going in as champion, defending against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. And I've got to say, the outcome was the the least likely of mm-hmm. of the three potential ones. I, I've got to say, I I certainly didn't expect Ziggler to be walking out as champion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking the same. I mean, there's only two possible winners here, and then there wasn't. Dolph won it somehow. Um, I'm well. I wouldn't say I'm happy with that, but I'm kind of happy Baron Corbin lost it because. He only ever seems to turn up in triple threat matches. It, it's really weird. He's just not very entertaining until he can possibly be carried. I don't know if that's harsh or not, but I'm just not really a fan of him. I know Dolph Ziggler's very, 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 very stale, like Bray Wyatt levels. But we know as soon as he gets in the ring, he's capable of having a good match. Um, the build-up to it's always seemingly cringy and a bit crap, especially the latest one with Bobby Roode. Um... But once you get to the match, it's um, it's all right. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a good match. It was mo- it was probably the surprise of the night, really, um, which speaks volumes when <laughs> when we're expecting big things in the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn thing. But anyway, yeah, this was uh, this was surprisingly a good match because um, it just flowed really well. It got it got stronger throughout. The ending was quite good, um, and it it kind of builds on. It kind of builds. A new character, I know, it kind of adds a new string to Dolph Ziggler's ball, see what he can do with it. Obviously, his last mid-card title run was after the Miz feud, which kind of just it went down like a lead balloon after Miz. It stopped being Miz, didn't it? So let's see where it goes. But um, I think it should go back to being Dolph and... Um, just Dolph and Bobby, really. I know they'll have to give Corbin his rematch, but yeah. It, uh, Dolph versus uh, Corbin would be very, very boring. <laughs> Uh, and more, what about what says you then on match quality? Because uh, I've got to say, I thought it was a better outing than than what we've seen recently from Bobby Roode. We got to see a bit more of him, but still not the best of him, given given who he was working with. And th- this thing with with Dolph Ziggler, you know, we know he is talented, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, that they, they put him in the ring with guys coming up from NXT, and it just seems to kill them off and. And and I don't know what's happened to him, but I, it, this for me is is a backward move. I really feel like this is a backward move for the title, putting it on on Ziggler. Yeah, it was a strange one. Um, you know, as I said, you know, it was something that you, well, none of us were really expecting. Um, and I, I guess the only real reason I can come up with is that when we were going through our predictions last week, I think I ended up predicting. Uh, everyone to retain their titles and um, perhaps they felt that look we can't go uh, a show with everyone retain the titles there has to be some title change um, given that there were four titles on the line during the show and uh, you know they decided right okay well this is the one that we will probably uh, change in terms of um, a title switch and uh, no they thought well okay we don't want to put a title on uh, uh, Bobby Roode just yet, so let's go with Ziggler. Um, and that's the only rationale I can come up with because, you know, Ziggler's been cold all year, not really been built up to, um, you know, look like he'll, he'll be heading into a title run um, at any point, and he was just appearing to be making up the numbers here. Um, 
All of that said, though, I thought it was actually the best match of the night. Um, it helped that the crowd was actually quite hot, certainly by WWE SmackDown standards, um, one of the hottest crowds of the year. And uh, the fact it was the opening main card match, um, the, the reactions were very good. And uh, that certainly made the match come across better than it actually was. But even then, I still thought it was match of the night. Um, uh, some great near falls and... Uh, no, well booked, well put together, and um, you know I thought Baron Corbin um, certainly um, had one of his better performances as well. So um, yeah, I mean bizarre booking, but uh, match quality wise, can't complain. Fair enough. Uh, what about the the tag team uh, title four way then, more? Because I I've got to say, look. I was wondering quite how it was going to go beforehand, how they were going to play this. And with, you know, all four teams in the ring at the same time, it was just a mess for me. It was just, it was difficult to watch. There was just too much happening at once. And it just seemed really scruffy and, and, and not very well thought out, almost as though they put the match together at the last minute without any real plan to this. Yeah, I was disappointed, actually. I, I did predict that this would be the match of the night. And uh, given who was involved, the shows in New Day especially, I thought you know this had a real chance to be um, another really good match involving these tag teams. But, uh, yeah, perhaps um, having four teams in there um, made it a bit too clunky and a bit too complex. And uh, I think you, um, you know, hinted that, that that could be an issue um, when we ran our prediction pod um, a week ago. And uh, so it proved, yeah, it, it perhaps was uh, you know, a few too many people involved to um, make it a cohesive um, match that was easy to follow. And, uh, you know, the end, end result, I thought, was still overall pretty decent. But uh, given who was involved, um, not quite at the level I, I hoped and expected. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Guy, your thoughts on on the tag team title match and and the outcome? Um, I think the right people won. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. Really? What about Aiden English? Yeah, I was getting I was getting to him. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the right team won because I think the Usos have feuds that they can go to quite easily with. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, which we'll probably talk talk about a, a grand total of thirty seconds later on. <laughs> um, we'll get to them. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it was an I think it was an enjoyable match, but it's it's it, it was never going to match um, Usos versus New Day and Bar versus Shield, is it, and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it did. I think it did a good job getting over. Well, not youngish guys, but new newish talent i think chad gable you saw with the german suplex spot which ended up um, leading to the end of the match i think it, as uh, Moore said in the previous match the, the crowd was really hot and i mean that's probably the best rea- reaction rusev's ever got and it was quite facey um i don't know if they just liked everyone but aiden english is seemingly doing a better job than lana ever did and getting getting rusev over um I think they have potential as a tag team. Um, the, the match itself was all right, um, but I think it, sh- it showed a, a couple potential superstars, um, really. I think Chad Gable could do with a singles run. I think Shelton Benjamin was probably the least noticeable in this match, whereas I think Chad Gable really stood out in with um, some of the biggest, biggest tag team stars in the company. I mean, he, he kind of 
over overshadowed the New Day. Uh, they probably had their quietest match. Um, and the Usos didn't really get involved till the end, really. So I think Chad Gable needs a singles run, and I think there is a spot in there um, for him. So maybe maybe rush through a break-up with Shelton Benjamin, see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Aiden English is, is definitely Smackdown Bay at the minute. <laughs> Smackdown Bay. <laughs> Rusev Day! <laughs> he was the best thing of that pay per view. <laughs> he's, he is doing a good job. My my concern is that Rusev becomes too much of a comedy character because Embracing. we've already got way too many comedy characters. And I think Rusev, uh, if it's a if it's a temporary kind of thing, in the way that it was for um, Kevin Owens, then then that's fine. It just adds another layer to his character, but. I, I would fear that it... To it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the best stable. That's the stable I what, want. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will um, pick bones with here is Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, I've got to disagree on splitting them. I, I think them two need to have a run together mm. uh, and really get, to, get that tag team going and to help Chad Gable get over more before they even think about moving him into the singles. I, I, yeah. That's the way I feel on that one. Yeah, I mean, it is a fair point. I mean, it may have just been a really hot crowd, as as, as Mo said, by WWE standards. That's literally like CM Punk Chicago days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, where was it? Was it Austin or Texas somewhere? Um, I'm not uh, sure. Boston. Was it? Boston, yeah. Good guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Let's probably see how it goes, but I think Chad Gable definitely has a similar potential to his former tag team partner on Raw. Yeah, and that's a concern for me. Split them up too soon, send him into the singles, and he might head along the same uh, unfortunate path. But uh, anyway, now you've mentioned the Bludgeon Brothers, so let's get to them. Um, 30 seconds, which is pretty pretty close to their average match length at the moment. I've got to say, they're a guilty pleasure of mine. I enjoy their matches, what they're doing, the way they're being presented in the ring, the style. It's it's old school and it's fun. Not convinced on their attire, and I definitely do not like the promos because the stuff after it, the promo after it, Jesus Christ, that that stunk the place out with cheese. That was. That was awful. Come on, guy, you've got to you've got to be with me on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I've I've always liked Luke Harper. I, I liked his singles run before. Um, Eric Rowan's really only ever had a feud with the Big Show in a singles thing. So I think I think they kind of need each other. Um, Eric, Eric Rowan especially. But yeah, in terms of on the mic skills, I mean, I think Luke Harper has a certain level of charisma. But he certainly didn't show after this match. Um, so maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they did need Bray Wyatt, but maybe just keep keep him away from the bloody mics for now on. Um, but yeah, match wise, they're, they're always going to have quality matches. Luke Harper's a, an excellent worker, especially for someone someone of his size. And Eric Rowan, um, he's not he's not as good as Harper, but he's he's certainly enjoyable. And more, you're warming to the Bludgeon Brothers, um, but perhaps not warming quite so much to the Stilton-like um, promo scripts afterwards. <laughs> yeah, um, WWE's got this knack of uh, putting people on promos who are probably not suited to promos or certainly cutting long promos, and 
know, uh, the Bludgeon Brothers certainly uh, join the uh, Finn Balor club when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, you know, their strength is going out there having short-term squash matches where you know they're allowed to just uh, squash their opponents, look really good in doing so, and uh, getting out of the ring and moving on. Um, so yeah, it's an unnecessary uh, distraction um, from. You know, what should be the highlight of uh, their appearances, which are just going out there, kicking ass and uh, moving on. It, it served its purpose. Um, obviously, wasn't a great match. Never was going to be. But uh, What you know, about that spot they, on... Um, <laughs> I felt really fell for him on the outside. Uh, oh, God. But, ow. Right on the edge of the ring where, where they slammed him down. Oh, wow. That... that that made me cringe that bit, and not for the reasons that the promo made me cringe. <laughs> yeah, apron spots are never much fun if you're on the receiving end. Um, you know, there's not much or any padding there. Um, I mean, it's basically a metal pole, um, and uh, when you're slammed on there, um, it, it's something that you're going to feel certainly feel the next day. So, not very pleasant experience, but. Uh, you know, it's all, I guess, part of uh, getting them over as a no-nonsense, uh, hard-hitting tag team. Yeah, I, I trust that Tyler Breeze protected himself uh, sufficiently, but it certainly uh, looked effective. Uh, yeah. And and like you say, yeah, it, it was it was a bit of fun that just adds adds to that thing that they're building. And I do it's, do hope it's a slow build because I, I I do feel like it's a bit of a one-dimensional team. And then it's not a long-lasting thing that they can have. So the the more they stretch their build out, the better. Uh, unlike the promos. So women's championship next, uh, Charlotte Flair versus Natalia with the rest of the, uh, the, the other four members of the women's roster. Sorry, sorry. There's not four members. Now there's about eight of them, uh, members of the, the women's roster at ringside. Um, not a great deal to say about this match really more. Um, I guess we, we got what we expected with some of them cliche, Uh, Lumberjack spots on the outside. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yes, we did. Um, and um, you know, the uh, match itself was nothing to write home about. Um, and that's pretty much part of the course where Natalia matches are concerned. 
very rare that we see her take part in um, great matches. Um, she's why part of the reason why I don't really get her reputation. I mean, she's considered to be a, a really solid top worker, and I just I just don't see it. Um, but you know, we predicted that Charlotte would retain, and so she did. And uh, hopefully, she can move on from this. And uh, you know, somebody like a Ruby Wright, as we speculated last week. Uh, might be a good opponent as any. So um, let, let's see. Uh, we record this as um, just before uh, SmackDown airs, so uh, we don't know the outcome of SmackDown listeners. So uh, before we know, it could be uh, that uh, Natalia's next opponent is uh, Tamina, but uh, let's just wait and see. Good God. I want to see that now. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually, Guy, you know, what I've put to you is, what about afterwards then? This whole thing with um, Natalia afterwards, uh, was this some kind of a hint that, you know, she's a career is coming to a close or she's just going to take time off? I mean, it was a bit of a strange interview. Yeah, that that was my first thought, a kind of re- retirement promo, but it kind of it kind of went away from that, didn't it? Like she started banging on about Charlotte rather than herself and the crowd. So I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if she just screwed up the promo or whatever, but I don't think it would be a retirement promo because to to go on about calling Charlotte a cheater and stuff like that, it would have been it would have been weird. But it might it might develop on SmackDown as more said. We've not we've not seen it yet. Um, but yeah. It, it probably rivaled the Bludgeon Brothers for crap promo um, of the night, didn't it? Um, it was just really random, and, and I agree with more of the match. It was just a cliched lumberjack match where there's always a big move that takes out everyone outside the ring, and then the match itself's pretty crap. Um, most interesting thing is that Carmella, didn't, well, didn't even really try to cash in. It was just like the most half-assed attempt I've ever seen, but... Yeah, it was. Uh, that was the most interesting thing, and uh, I think there was rumours beforehand, but yeah, didn't didn't happen. Um, I think it kind of needs it because I don't really see who Charlotte goes to next. I'm not sure any of the NXT newbies are ready. No, uh, well, perhaps you know, as Moore's mentioned, Ruby Riot steps up as an opponent, and and maybe that's where we we get the actual cash in mm. maybe he's at the at the royal rumble and and that could set them up for for a match then so yeah who knows and and i hate to say this but at the moment who really cares that's Pretty that's much. how the that division Absolutely. feels yeah it's yeah. it's it's a bit flat and and to be honest a lot of smackdown is a bit flat at the moment now that that leaves us with kevin owens and sammy Zayn versus randy orton and shinsuke nakamura now this, this for me, um, I, I've got to say my, my gripe with, with this match more was that it was more about the two special referees in the ring than it was any one of the four wrestlers who were actually taking part in the match. Uh, and this for me is, is too often the case whenever Shane McMahon is involved in something around the ring, it becomes too much about Shane and the storyline with Shane and what's actually happening in the ring with the wrestlers, the full-time wrestlers who we're supposed to be investing in and getting behind um, becomes kind of secondary. Um, What about yourself? What was your take on it? Well, it's always all about the McMahons, isn't it? It's uh, always got to be about them. Uh, Well, I suppose they're entitled to 
make it about them because they own the company. Um, I think, well, well, technically speaking, Shane is no longer even um, a part owner. I think he sold all of his shares for an ill-fated uh, business venture in China, which never worked out and uh, had to come groveling back to his dad for a job. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the match itself was um, underwhelming, given who was involved. Um, and we had Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shinsuke Nakamura, who are top workers. Um, but in saying that, I, I do think, you know, looking back at 2017, Kevin Owens has had actually quite a disappointing year. I mean, we know how talented he is. And, yes, he's had um, you know, the odd few great match here and there. But um, by his lofty standards, um, this has actually been quite a disappointing year. Um, you know, the uh, program he had um, over a number of months with, uh, oh, God, who was it now? Uh, AJ Styles? A- yes, with AJ. Um, it was surprisingly disappointing um, I, I had really high hopes for it and I thought this would be um, a highlight of the year for the WWE um, on paper the two top workers in the company having this feud over a number of months and yet their matches invariably um, felt like letdowns and uh, you know even in this match um, didn't really feel it and uh, you know, he and Zayn um, as a tag team should be uh, perhaps the the best double act in the company at this moment in time, because um, in the ring, um, certainly historically speaking, they are two of the best workers in company and uh, being friends and being able to bounce off each other and uh, know know exactly um, what to do and say to kind of uh, make that act feel really special and very organic. Um, Just not feeling it yet. Uh, Maybe with time it will come, but uh, maybe they need the title run as well. Um, it doesn't help um, when you're partnered with Shane McMahon who basically takes the spotlight like any other McMahon doesn't it and Randy Orton <laughs> who is just a charisma vacuum at the minute yeah, so yeah. I think I think that I think them two need to move on to something more fresh and probably probably not split like not split up but more of a singles feud between them if you get what I mean uh, having these put together random tag team matches kind of kills it for both of them doesn't it absolutely yeah it does yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and um, you know, so yeah, the, the match itself was a backdrop for um, the whole Shane versus uh, Daniel Bryan stuff. And uh, by the end of it, it was inconclusive. I mean, Daniel Bryan seemed to turn heel, but did he really? Was it actually Shane that turned heel? So uh, it wasn't quite clear exactly uh, what they were trying to say in terms of the storyline. Uh, but I guess we'll find out um, with SmackDown. Yeah, and Guy, I mean, could you take anything away from the match itself? Or, or was it the, there was just so much going on in terms of Shane and Daniel Bryan that the, you know, the, the, the match was almost irrelevant? Yeah, that, that, that's how I feel. The match was uh, completely pointless. Um, I mean, they could have just put, if, if Daniel Bryan was cleared to wrestle, they could have just put a Shane McMahon versus Daniel Bryan match. And it it would have been more interesting because you got <clears throat> as uh, as I just said there uh, as uh, Mo just said there the Ma- Owens and Sami Zayn and Nakamura kind of just being wasted in this feud or and serving no real purpose as a face anymore um, not really putting anyone over I know he eventually got the pinfall but it doesn't really matter um, 
yeah, the match itself was just pointless and it didn't even lead to anything via Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon turning heel, did it? Um, well, it, that's it, not really, no. And, and But just from the, the pure sort of psychological side of it, I mean, obviously the whole thing with the, the wrestling, you know, the traditional thing is the odds are stacked against the baby faces in order for you to root for them to overcome the odds and come out victorious. Yeah. But here we have a supposed baby face... Yeah, boss, you know, building, uh, building them odds, mounting them odds against a heel tag team because he's trying to fire them. Now, and we're supposed to cheer. Uh, it, it doesn't, the way it's been booked and presented, it just doesn't, for me, it doesn't get the crowd invested in the way that they should be. Yeah, I, I, I think it could, I think it can work. I mean, times of kind of change having a way you meant to you boo who you meant to I mean you cheer who you meant to boo and you boo who you meant to cheer nowadays aren't you Roman Reigns point example here and example Z as well <laughs> um, but yeah it, it was really structured poorly I mean Daniel Bryan probably the most liked guy outside of Cena isn't he um, Shane McMahon's always popular and then you kind of just got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn who are really popular and then the, the first team is two people who haven't really well, Randy Orton's been irrelevant for a while, and Nakamura's been probably, well, he's just been booked horrendously, hasn't he? And he hasn't done himself any favours since coming up from NXT. So yeah, it's a, the first team was just a damp squib team, wasn't it? And then it kind of, it kind of just was a damp squib of a, a feud and a match. And well, let's see where it goes with, with SmackDown. But yeah, it's a, hopefully it's done and dusted, and then Brian versus uh, Shane happens some other way. What well, well, more have you heard anything? Is is this an actual possibility? Uh, is this do, do we feel that, that there is some kind of possibility here that Daniel Bryan might actually get clearance from WWE? Is that why they're doing this? And then we're going to get Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon perhaps at WrestleMania? Um, nothing's completely come out, but I think it's almost inevitable now that. Uh, that's the direction they're going in. If they weren't, um, I don't think we'd be seeing Daniel Bryan involved in this kind of way. Um, it's clearly, it's very, very clearly leading to something. And I don't think it's just to uh, use Daniel Bryan as a heel GM. Um, I think the uh, end result will be a return to the ring for Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, since he retired a couple of years ago, um, he's had a, uh, Further test done this year, and uh, overall, given him a clean bill of health, and uh, recommended that he's able to come back to the ring. But uh, it was WWE's Doctor Black that needed convincing, and it might be that he he's finally come round and um, accepts that Daniel Bryan is fit and able to return to the ring. And uh, on top of that, um, Daniel Bryan's also got, I think, less than a year left on his WWE contract, and uh, now, if he were to head out to the independents or something like New Japan, um, he'd uh, be a real asset to whoever he goes to work for. So uh, I think WWE have also got that at the back of their mind, that if they continue to insist that he can't return um, within a year, he'll be heading elsewhere and um, you know, possibly uh, shifting the needle for somebody else. Yeah, it's... It... It's going to be a curious one. It certainly will disappoint a lot of fans and just really get them irate if the 
the end result is this of this is that um we we're just getting a supposed Daniel Bryan heel turn and that he's just kind of siding with uh, with Owens and Zayn. I I think they're really going to wind the fans up, which is probably not the, the best of ideas, you know, to tease them with the return of such a popular guy to the ring. So, we, yeah, like you both said, we'll just have to see how this one plays out. Uh, final thing then before we go for this episode. Um, last night, as we record this, last night's uh, Monday Night Raw, there was the announcement made, we're going to get a women's Royal Rumble event more. Um can you add a bit more to that news? Yeah, so um, WWE um, has come out and announced that um, there'll be a well two two Royal Rumble matches for the first time in history at the Royal Rumble event. Uh, one for the men, one for the women. Obviously, in the past we've had the odd female turn up in the um, Royal Rumble match, um, but WWE has obviously got a good. 20 or so female competitors across Raw and SmackDown. And, um, you know, they feel that um, to give um, uh, kind of parity with the, the male workers, it's fair that the women get the chance to compete in a Royal Rumble match as well. Um, and I think I really welcome that. I'd really love to see that. And uh, I think, um, you know, the, the reaction to that will be very good. And it was clearly uh, something that... Um, quite an emotional moment for one or two of the women especially a page who i think um, um broke down uh, when he was being announced so uh no, that that was um quite a touching moment uh, certainly for page and obviously uh she's had her own um battles to deal with so um good news like that um you know, meant something quite a lot to her yeah it's a quite a momentous occasion and we've had a lot of um Big steps forward for for the women's wrestling in the, in the past year or two. So, yeah, it's, it's another big forward step, uh, and and it just kind of shows the the progress that has been made. And you know, we mentioned Natalia. You know, years ago she's been here for a decade. You know, years ago she was seen as as probably just about the best worker in the in the women's side of it because when you looked around, it was effectively just Barbie dolls. Um, and I think it shows how much things have progressed that she's now seen as a pretty average worker and quite sort of bland because the the other women, a lot of the women that are on that roster now are proper wrestlers. They are, you know, they, they are proper workers in the ring. You know, we're not just seeing, you know, models and Barbie dolls showing a few wrestling moves anymore, are we more? The, you know, this is this is the way that women's the women's division in WWE has really progressed in in the way that it should. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's been long overdue. Um, I mean, in, in the 90s, I was watching all Japan women's pro wrestling, which is sorry, it was and all female wrestling promotion. And uh, that was all, all about presenting um, the wrestlers as, um, you know, athletes. Whereas in the WWE, for many, many years, the women were treated like, or certainly presented like, um, you know, th- there is eye candy and, you know, there's bimbos and, you know, there to be looked at rather there to be admired for their athletic abilities. And, you know, it, it's a shame that it's only in the last couple of years that, they finally have tried to move on from uh, that kind of uh, remnant from the A2D era and uh, present women in the same way they present the men. And, 
you know, they've certainly uh, added immense value to uh, both Raw and SmackDown uh, in being presented in that way. The likes of Sasha Banks and uh, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, um, you know, are key members of uh, you know, the overall main roster. And uh, it's good to see that other, you know, this latest positive step in uh, bringing some equality to uh, um, you know, the WWE. Uh, and one final thing from you, Guy, then. Were you uh, encouraged by this news? Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's uh, something that probably needed to happen. I think this may be one of the main reasons why they uh, brought up, uh, well, Paige coming back and then the other five people getting called up from NXT. It'll help fill out for this. Um, and I think it'll I think um, it'll be interesting to see if they have any surprises, like comebacks, new signings, um, some, I don't know, old guard, maybe Lita or Trish makes an appearance, something like that. It'll be, it'll be quite interesting to see what happens. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I'm very much welcoming it. I, I, the only bad thing about it is I think Asuka will probably win it, <laughs> which is quite obvious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And I think... Um, now that the <clears throat> now that the uh, women's uh, roster is more more filled out, I think it I think it's a, a good thing and it, it's a much needed thing. And, and the uh, roster's only going to grow with uh, the strong NXT um, roster and uh, Ronda Rousey and all the UFC people coming in, so it's only going to keep growing. Exactly. Yes. Uh, interesting times ahead. So that just about wraps things up for this episode of the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. My thanks to to Mo and Guy for joining me tonight. And our thanks to all of you for tuning in and for hitting that download button, not just for tonight, but all throughout the year. So we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will be back next week with a very special episode where we're going to take a look back at... 2017 and just pick out our best of and worst of from wwe and that will be all sorts of things in there matches events shows wrestlers you name it we're going to go through the lot so that's to look forward to next week but from now for from me andy wales it's bye-bye now Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.